0: Spider-Man does whatever a spider can, spins away many sides, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Episode 191 for August 2012. The Spider-Man Crawlspace Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. An example on this Alex Savick-centric episode is on the Spider-Man Maximum Carnage trade paperback. Now, Alex penciled the web of Spider-Man issues in this one, and the cover price is $29.99. Mail Order has it for just $18.59, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. spider Hey Carl Spacers, we're here at the Chicago Comic Con with Alex Savick. Alex, how many years have you been going to this? Um, This is
1: my third Wizard World Chicago Con. I guess I started back in maybe around 2003, did one about four or five years later, and here I am four or five years later. I have to tell you, you did a beautiful commission for me of the Upside Down Kiss. Thank you for that. Oh, no problem. Um, I think that's probably maybe the second or the third one I've done right. and since I guess the movie came out yeah. and um, it's always fun to do that one. Yeah. It's a bit of a challenge
0: to get the whole thing to look right, but we get it done. As I told you earlier, next to Ramita Sr., your Mary Jane is my favorite. Oh, well thanks, <laughs> I do appreciate it. Actually, when I was growing up, um,
1: John Ramita Sr. and his entire family lived in the next town over for me, so I got to go to high school and uh, meet his oldest son who was around the same age, and so I got to go over to John's house, meet him, and see him drawing away at the, you know, had some FF and Spider-Man pages on his drawing board. Little and did you know. <laughs> little did I know, but before that, I mean, his, um, his Spider-Man became one of my favorites, obviously, and just the way he drew the characters, and Mary Jane, obviously, at that point, he got to be the one to draw the big reveal, because I think in the issues prior to that, she was sort of hinted at. Ditko would draw her
0: from behind, yeah. but when Johnny drew her, forget it. She was. I, I wonder what Mary Jane would look like if Ditko did draw her without the flower in her face. You know? Right, because <laughs> if I'm if I'm correct
1: in my thinking, um, I think he had her wearing some sort of a green, like a pant, like a suit with a skirt and maybe a hat. And so she probably would have looked obviously
0: a lot different. Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. Now. A lot of people don't realize, this, but I do because I'm a fan of yours. You've been drawing, I think, longer than Ramita on Spider Man 20 plus years? I mean, it's, it's been 25 years now since I started drawing, working for
1: Marvel, and then the following year, when I stopped drawing Spider Man for them, uh, for the comics, I started on the Spider Man newspaper strip. So it's 25 years in a row. That I've actually worked on, Spidey. So it's, it's 1986. Is that right? I started on 80 in 87, okay, filling start. in, filling in ama- on Amazing Spider-Man 292. Right. Uh, then I also filled in on 90s 296, 297. Mm-hmm. Then from there I moved on to Web of Spider-Man, right. and from there I moved on to Spider-Man Adventures and Adventures of Spider-Man based on the animated series. Right. Uh, and then when those books got unfortunately canceled, as many do. Yeah. Um, I moved on to some other bo- some other things, and then um, I would say that year that I moved on, which was the following year that my book got canceled. Uh, the Spider-Man newspaper strip was offered to me. So, talk about how you got Web back in '87. Oh, um, well, that was kind of fun because um, basically I was asked if I would be interested in filling in a couple of issues of Web, two-part story for Jim Salakrup. And I said, sure, now why not? I'd love to draw Spider-Man. So basically I got to do those two issues, turned them in, and after I turned in the second one, he asked me if I'd like to do another fill-in. And I said, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? So the the book had a regular artist uh, named Steve Geiger at the time, and he was working on issue number 37, and so they gave me number 39 to draw, and I drew 39, and then he asked me if I want to fill in on another one. I said, sure, and I said, which one? He goes, number 38. So I said, what happened to Steve? And I guess he just ran into some, I don't know, personal issues and stuff, couldn't get on it so I got to do the one before the one that was due earlier or later, whatever. Had to rush that one out and then after that they asked me if I want to do some more and I said, sure, why not? It turned out to be a four issue story arc written by Peter David and somewhere along the lines when the letter column came out, I remember reading that I was now the regular artist. So I called Jim up and I said, wait a second, I'm the regular guy now? He goes, well, I would have figured that you would have known that by now. I said, well, I gotta read the letter column to find that out. And we both had a laugh over it. He goes, no, you're the regular guy. And so literally back in those days, I guess if you just met your deadlines and did a good job and the books kept selling,
0: well, that was it. You're unlike the, I I think some of the modern guys in that You met your deadlines and you stayed on a book for what seven years with the web? Seven and a half, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, that, how, any advice for those young guys? I mean, you just turn it out like uh, Romita did, etc. Well, it just seems that um, I guess
1: if I had to say it, I think the marriage more or less between a pencil and an inker was a lot different in the olden days than it is now. I think now it seems that the pencilers pencil a lot tighter, so they'll spend a lot more time, let's say, drawing one page in one day, and then the inker pretty much now is locked into following the pencils and enhancing the pencils, obviously, but having to be that conscious of making sure that they put in every line that the penciler wants to put down, whereas in my day... We still penciled tight, so every all the information was there, but then it's up to the anchor to go in and give us some line weights and some depth if we didn't put it in. And so you could afford to see, um, you know, to be a little bit looser and be able to possibly draw two pages a day instead of just one. Or even if you did one and a half, you're drawing three or four pages more a week. And not many people keep a job for seven years on a book. Well, you know, people had asked me over the years, gee, how can, how can you still draw Spider-Man? Aren't you sick of it already? And basically, it's not some... It's not... Well, of course, I enjoy the character, I mean, since I was a little kid. But the fact is that the writing was always good enough to keep me intrigued. Uh, Spider-Man has a wonderful supporting cast, as you know. And, um all those characters and then the stories revolving around those characters were always interesting enough to just keep me going and looking forward to the next
0: story. You remember your first exposure to Spider-Man? I mean, I grew up with the electric company, that's where I first was exposed to. How did yes. you find Spidey? Back in the day when um, I was
1: lucky enough for me to be able to uh, I was in elementary school at the time. Spider-Man number one and FF one came out. So, and they were, I think, still ten or twelve cents at the time. Four bucks. (laughs) Uh, No, 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 no. And um, I was a big DC Comics fan, obviously, because that's. All I, all that was there pretty much until Stan came in with his characters, and I remember going to the, I'll call it a candy store, which we called them in Brooklyn, when I, when I lived there, and basically a luncheonette, magazine shop, it's basically the local drugstore without the drugs. Okay, <laughs> so at any rate, went there with a friend of mine looking for some new books that came in on either a Tuesday or a Thursday, and. Um, Thought there'd be some DC books, there were none, but I guess he was already reading Spider-Man and FF, and he said, Oh look, here's uh, Spider-Man and FF, why don't you get these guys? And I said, I don't know anything about them, I don't know who they are, what their powers are, and he goes, no, but they're pretty cool. So it turned out to be Spider-Man number 5 with Doctor Doom, and uh, FF number 18 with the Super Scroll. Now what intrigued me about the FF book was I opened it up, and there they were, the Super scroll was going through how much better he was than the FF, so where he was describing how powerful he was, the thing could only lift five tons, or how fast he could fly, the torch could fly like 100 miles an hour, and where he could stretch around the planet, Mr. Fantastic could stretch about 100 yards before he was really starting to strain, and of course Invisible Girl could only turn invisible, he had the other powers that I think she later on developed with being able to throw force fields and all all that stuff.
0: John Byrne later.
1: Right. So at any rate, here I had all their powers. Now I figured, wow, now it's just a matter of time of finding out how they got there, but I'll get that eventually. And so I bought those two comics and um, was really intrigued by it and just said, wow, these are really cool. Now, of course, I was concerned because that meant somehow, some way, I had to get another 20 or 25 cents up to get those two books. And then Stan's advertising, Avengers and X-Men and Iron Man. And I'm thinking, wow, maybe I should look into those. You're going to go broke. (laughs) Now I was really nervous because I don't know where I was going to get that extra dollar every month in order to pick up those books. But somehow I managed to do it. I'm getting pretty much my favorite ones. Maybe had a substitute, let go a couple of DC books to get them all. Marvels, and then of course as kids we always
0: traded a lot. So uh, one one of the going back to Web, one of the mysteries of Web that was never resolved was who is Facade. <laughs> that was during your run. Do you remember that? They just, yes, I do. Who and is f- Facade? We all want to know.
1: Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think I ever found out. I don't and think I, we did either. And I asked that same burning question, but I think after one night of losing no sleep, it was burning no longer. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty much
0: it. Dan Slott did a recent issue with Spider-Man. After all these years, I'm going to tell you who fa- uh, Facade is. And then he whacked him in the face and we never learned in the recent issue. Oh, okay. Well, that's there you go. I guess they don't know who he was either. Another milestone of yours, you did the Spider-Hulk. They've made action figures of this thing. I've seen cosplayers of Spider-Hulk before. Well, yeah, I know. I've seen a couple myself. That was, um,
1: that was a lot of fun to do because the issue preceding that one actually had the, the real Hulk. Yes. So, I mean, other than maybe a guest picture here and there. I got to draw the Hulk for an issue, which was a lot of fun. And then, of course, what happened, the following issue with him transforming yeah. and um, yeah. having me kind of design how his costume's going to rip and
0: whatever. and uh, It was pretty fun. It was that, pretty good. Those are my two favorite characters. Spider-Man, obviously, one, but when you combine them, I'm geeking out. Uh, it, Web 100, you designed the spider armor. That thing has been in video games, and action figures, etc. Um,
1: actually, I don't I want to give credit where credit is due. Okay. And Rob Tokar was the editor of Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man and maybe all the other books I believe at that time. And I remember when that script was coming up, he showed me this sort of I will say a quick sketch of what they thought that the spider armor should look like. Right. So he gave me basically the germ of it and I had to go in and embellish it and put it together, but I I won't I'm not, I'll say I co-created it with Rob Tokar, okay, uh, but I had to do all the all the the little plates of reflective surface on his costume and put the highlights in. And I'll tell you something, people over the years have said, "Gosh, how can you draw Spidey? Those webs must drive you nuts." Drawing the webs was like. Eating a a beautiful ice cream cone compared to having to work your way through You know some something you wanted to never eat again for the rest of your life When I you know considering that the spider-arm only lasted one issue for me at the time it was I had enough of it after that one issue glad you didn't do Iron Man obviously Well, actually my first job at Marvel was drawing Iron Man number 211 as a fill-in job and um I always enjoyed Iron Man, and even though he was in one of those, I'd say, transitory costumes that he had, iron or suits, we should call them, where he had the, it was red and white instead of the red and yellow. Um, And, of course, there were nuances about it that were different from the armor that I knew. That was a lot easier to draw than if you tried to draw him the way he looks now. The way he, let's say, for example, you know, in a movie when you create it in a computer, it's on file, and you could use it any time. When you have to draw it panel to panel with all the nuts and bolts, wow, that would, be, so that, that would be one of those jobs where if you had to do a monthly Iron Man book, I don't think you could draw more than one page a day with all those things, you know?
0: And, and you were smart you got out before the Clone Saga.
1: <laughs> um, um, I got out before the Clone Saga not of my own choosing. I would have enjoyed being on the Clone Saga because I went up to New York yeah. to be in on that uh, initial meeting, yeah. uh, talking about it and how things were going to progress and proceed. And um, then shortly after that, I guess my
0: tenure on web uh, came to an end. Yeah. We were talking uh, a couple days ago. Uh, it- it all boils down to money, or something. Or how did you lose Web? I mean, what did they want you to do? The other book? I guess at the time, for some whatever reason,
1: sales maybe across the board were starting to dwindle a bit. And I guess as time had gone on, and I was continuing my run on Web, you know, writers changed, inkers changed. Uh, I was the only one that was the constant. And I guess when sales weren't increasing. Um, i don 't know if exactly if they were decreasing, but they weren 't increasing. I guess the powers that be decided that maybe they should try a change, so they went ahead and at the same time that they uh, that I stepped down from web, they offered me spider man adventures to draw in my own style, even though it was based on the animated series in a universe obviously away from the typical Marvel Universe and so basically the stories were self-contained Peter was not married to Mary Jane at that time, he was still dating, they were still in college and but I was on the contract and the stories were still fun, okay, and um, got to work with again some different inkers, artists, and um, then, by issue number six, though, they did decide that they wanted to go to the animated style. So that's where the style got a lot simpler and it looked more, let's see, by comparison, I'd say more like a coloring book to what a regular comic book would look like. Storytelling was still the same, the dynamics were still the same, but I guess, if you will, less black areas because they wanted to keep it open for color, just like a cartoon. Yeah,
0: and- uh, when that wrapped up, you moved on to the comic strip, uh, the new stri- newspaper strip? Well, what happened at the
1: time that I got um, that the uh, Spider-Man Adventures books came to an end, um, basically, I, uh, they were canceled, okay? And I wasn't getting work. Although so we had discussions about some projects that were upcoming for me at Marvel, I wasn't—they weren't coming in fast enough—and I was under contract. But I wasn't—if even though you're under contract, if you don't work, you can't invoice for pay. Um, and so basically, I had to get out of my contract because I was offered jobs at other places. Um, the one that I took was uh, drawing the X-Files for Topps Comics. Jim Salicrup had moved actually from Marvel to Topps. I guess he got maybe an offer that he couldn't refuse editorial whatever position and um so i drew the x-files for a uh, a little over a year from issue 30 to 41 and uh, that was a lot of fun because i was a big fan of the show and around the time that the movie opened is when i guess um, 1013, which was the parent company of the X-Files, decided not to renew their comic book license with tops because they wanted to concentrate more on movie projects instead of working on comic book scripts and making corrections on artwork and things like that. So then after that, actually, that same year that the X-Files ended, I was offered the Spider-Man uh, Sunday Pages. So I was just doing the Sunday Strip as far as comic books went and then I got back into some uh, storyboarding for advertising agencies, etc. And um, which eventually led to me doing some storyboarding for um, some major motion pictures. Okay. what? Well, Well, let's see, I actually did storyboards uh, for a couple that were never filmed, so I don't have to even talk about those. But I guess, uh, first of all, I'll have to say, out of the four that I storyboarded, three of them were filmed in Florida, where I live. Nice. So, because I had, I guess, um, let's say a connection with some agencies in uh, Orlando, mm-hmm. I was able to get the job. I haven't had an agent in Orlando get me the job I'm working some of these movies. Um, one of the, the first one was called Lonely Hearts, was an independent uh, crime noir thriller mm-hmm. set in the early, uh, late 40s, early 50s, based on a true story, um, starred John Travolta and James Gandolfini. Oh, nice. and even though i lived in the daytona beach area that was filmed in jacksonville so i stayed up there for uh, about three weeks doing storyboards with the director and uh salma hayek was in it and jared leto and uh that's a perk uh, yeah. Uh, Kate Beckinsale was actually oh, supposed nice. to play the role, but she was, I guess, doing, uh, still f- wrapping up one of the Underworld movies at that time, so she couldn't get off the set in order to get there to do that particular movie. And the uh, second one I worked on was filmed in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and I guess I got that through the, the director of... The second one was a friend of the director of the first one, so I got a recommendation. who you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the first one was directed by Todd Robinson and uh, called Lonely Hearts, as I said, and the second one was called Hoot, and that was directed oh. by Will Schreiner, the, the comedian. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, so who was kind of a, if you will, let's say a Disney type of a story where you've got these kids—they're worried about you know these little owls that are, were living in the ground, and the big construction companies coming in, and they want to yeah. ravage the land to put up the uh, the big mall or something like that. So uh, that one actually was, I think, the breakout role for uh, an actor named Logan Lerman, who went on to do Percy, uh, Percy yeah. Jackson and the Olympians. Talk of him being Peter Parker in the uh, reboot. At one time, right, right, and uh, he also did Three Musketeers recently, etc. And and um, then the third film, I actually had to go away from home and I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Again, this, this came by recommendation. A movie called The Reaping with Hilary Swank. Okay. Oh, and, I saw that one. Yeah, Idris Elba and uh, a few other notables, I guess, in the movie. Uh, were, uh, there was a part played by David Morrissey, who has gone on to you know do a lot of other productions. He, I think he even played Doctor Who once in the BBC. Okay. And um, he's actually going to be on The Walking Dead coming up in the third season and um but I think before David Morrissey landed that role they were trying to get Matthew McConaughey uh, to play that particular part because he was a local and it was so it was shot in Baton Rouge because it was filmed being done in Louisiana so David Morrissey is gonna be the governor the main bad guy in season 3 exactly and so I got to meet him he was a really nice guy everybody was nice on the production and um uh, that was the biggest movie I worked on. It was a Warner Brothers Dark Castle production. And uh, unfortunately, the thing that I have to remember about that movie also is that uh, we were there when that uh, Hurricane Katrina came into uh, New Orleans. And so since we're only about an hour away, and you know, of course there's uh, evacuations going on all over, literally the entire film crew was um, flown out from Baton Rouge. They basically rented an airplane. Uh, airliner and they flew us out to austin texas to stay there for a week to see if we were even going to go back to keep with the production but even though baton rouge i won't say was unscathed um they wanted us back to keep on working because they know that they needed now the economy that we were bringing in i mean i should say that to bolster the economy uh they couldn't afford to lose that that income and then after that movie was made um the last one I did was called Never Back Down. Okay. Uh, starred Sean Farris and this young up-and-coming guy also named Ken Cam day who also uh, went into the Twilight movies. He was in okay. he was in Priest. Uh, he's done a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Um, and Jaiman Hunsu, uh, uh, notable actor. You're getting these names right. That's very <laughs> oh.
0: I couldn't spell it. <laughs> well, actually,
1: actually, they called him Jimon, but I think it's actually Jimon. Oh,
0: you you know?
1: uh, but nobody was, you know, the American guys have to John Wayne it a little bit, you know. So, uh, And that was kind of like a high school fight club type of movie shot in Orlando. And since then, I haven't done any more films, but every now and then this talks about doing something, but
0: haven't come through yet. Talk about the, the newspaper strip. How do you, do you get a script from Stan or, and you start penciling or how does it work? Yeah, with um,
1: stand up at Marvel Comics, you generally always he was the one who initiated the so-called Marvel style, uh-huh. where the writer and the artist work together, um, where the writer basically gives you a plot, whether it's a paragraph. Uh, uh, our five page narrative, or it 's broken down page by page, literally in paragraph form, giving you the uh, the crux of what the story is, is about what 's happening on each page, and leaving it up to the artist to decide how many panels are needed to tell that story okay. okay? Um, now, with the uh, the DC style at that time was to work from a full script. Mm-hmm. Now with the uh, Sunday scripts, I guess it's more economical, time-wise, for him to actually write the script. So I get a six pay a six panel script, you know, two pages, two weeks in a row usually, with the art directions and the dialogue, and so I work off a full script.
0: Right. And how do you work with uh, his brother Larry? What, what's his? Uh, well, Larry, uh, Larry,
1: his uh, still has been penciling the daily strips now for probably about 25 years himself, yeah. and uh, I came on to replace John, Tag- John Tartaglione as the uh, regular anchor back in late 2003 after John unfortunately passed away due to a you know, serious illness. I had filled in for John earlier in the year when he had, had, had to go to the hospital at one point, Uh, They liked what I did, and I I gave them the offer, listen, if you liked what I did, if John ever needs a vacation or one of those things, or something comes up, just please feel free to call me again, and then, unfortunately, when the bad news came, they asked me if I'd want to do it, so, of course, I jumped at the chance. It was a lot of fun, and, well, I'm a freelancer, and I have to continue working. (laughs) How long does it take you to do a Sunday strip and, and ink the dailies? Well, I'd say with the Sunday Strip, um, generally it takes me about two hours to lay out one page. Then it'll take me roughly about two hours to three hours to finish tightening up the page, depending on when I say the extra hour, depending upon the details, background. Sometimes he's got to still be swinging over Manhattan, and i got to draw those buildings, okay? Uh, and with the dailies, um, it takes me, I have six dailies, obviously. I usually do that over the course of a day. About about eight hours takes care of inking the dailies. Then after I ink them, obviously I have to clean them up. I scan them uh, in the computer and I send them off. To, uh, send the scans off to a company called Reed Brennan uh, Media Associates in Orlando. That's they call it a pagination company. They work for King Features to put
0: all the strips together. Uh, To tie it all in, uh, what's it like working? What fifty years later after you bought that first amazing five off the stand, and now you're working with the guy who wrote the book? I mean, it's just—it's amazing. He's ninety years old. He's got more energy than me and you put together. Oh, Stan Stan doesn't want to hear this interview yet because
1: he's—he'll be ninety in December. Just to clarify that for everybody out there. Working with Stan is a dream. It's a dream come true, actually working with so many of these guys. I mean, Joe Sinnott inks uh, Inks to the Sundays. He's 85. I've been working with him for 15 years. It's been such a pleasure to work with one of my idols. Stan's one of my idols. Uh, To call these people my colleagues is really a lot of fun and an honor, actually. So uh, I'm going to be 60 years old in another week, and I still feel like a fanboy at heart. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can't, I can imagine making more money, but I can't imagine doing anything
0: else. <laughs> uh, talk about, about 25 years of Spider-Man, he, he's, he's been with you, the character is probably like a member of the family, isn't he? I mean, you've been with him so long. You know what, I've never had him over for dinner, for the holidays,
1: <laughs> just can't seem to get a hold of him when I need to, but uh, yeah, it's it's part of me, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, you can, you know, when you talk to certain people and they say, uh, well, who who what can you draw?" I said, "I can draw everybody, but what are you known for?" Well, I've been drawing Spider-Man for 25 years. That's my, I'd say, big claim to fame, and it's definitely nothing to sneeze at.
0: And this divides the fanboys, so I want to get your two cents on it. Since okay. you said you're a fanboy art, you draw a married Spider-Man with Mary Jane. Yes. In the books and the comics, he's single. He sold made a deal with the devil. Yes. Etc. Your two cents on that? Well, put it this way: If Peter
1: Parker made a deal with the devil and he didn't get any money out of it, it was the wrong deal. He needed a better agent, and that's about all I'm going to say about it. (laughs) I I would agree.
0: All right, let's hit pause for a second, and I've got some message board questions. All right, the folks asked a lot of questions for you, Alex, on the message board. Let's plow through these. This is from Ditko Loves Green. If you notice, all the Ditko villains are green in the beginning. Have you noticed that? Ah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Doc Ock. It took me a while, too. Any any funny convention stories you'd like to share, besides me bugging you? Funny
1: convention stories. Well, let's see. Here at this Chicago Con, I've probably done maybe about, this is my fourth interview. This is the longest one. I'm really getting tired. My back is hurting me. Uh, I'm going to get grumpy very shortly. No. Actually, to be honest with you, no. I mean, I'm having a good time doing this. Um, As far as funny convention stories, Gosh, you know, I'd almost have to say I can't think of anything off the top of my head only because nine times out of ten when you do a show like this you're sitting behind your table you've got people in front of you all day long looking at artwork, asking questions possibly getting you to, to you know work a commission um, half the time it takes me if the show starts at ten and goes till six I'm lucky if I get to the restroom by 5.30 so literally I can't honestly say I haven't really observe too many funny things at shows. I might have heard a couple of funny things, but uh, nothing that I can directly share with the audience. This is from b Dog. What's your favorite Spidey issue that you've ever drawn? Okay, somebody else asked me that, and I gave them probably about a half a dozen, yeah. but I think if I had to nail down the favorite, it would have to be web number ninety which was a 30th anniversary issue which featured mysterio but again with mysterio there's so many cool things that you could do with visuals because it's all optical illusions and things like that and yeah. uh, i got to draw a satchel full of guest stars and i got to draw galactus as venom and then i Whoa. yeah, <laughs> yeah right and uh, there was uh, just a lot of fun stuff to draw in that book what,
0: what do you think about the new amazing spider-man movie uh, reboot
1: Well, when I first heard that they were going to do it, I was kind of a little bit surprised because right before they announced the reboot, I think a week before that, Tobey Maguire was... Yeah. quoted saying he and Sam Raimi are getting together trying to come up with some new ideas and some talking about ideas and things for the fourth Spider-Man movie and then a week later they say, nope. we're, re- we're rebooting and we're going to get new people. Just kidding, yeah. And so at <laughs> first I was kind of taken aback saying, well, why would they do this in the first place and who are they going to get? Yeah. And so I think the end result is um, I liked... Actually, I I think I liked Andrew Garfield better than Tobey Maguire. I did too. I loved Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, and she could have been Mary Jane as far as I'm concerned, and she would have done that just as well. Um, I liked Dennis Leary as uh, Captain Stacy. Um, I had a couple of issues about the lizard. I mean, of course, I would have liked to have seen him with a snout. And of course, people might have said, "Well, then he's more like a glorified raptor with a tail." But that wouldn't have bothered me. <laughs> and I thought they made him too—they uh, made him too large. I mean, considering that the lizard was Doctor Connors just basically turning into a lizard. If he would have been seven feet tall, that would have been enough. Yeah. Um, Not all bulked up and muscle. Right. Yeah. I kind of—I—I I always have this thing about the fact that, sure, as comic book fans, we have to believe that Peter Parker being the little nerdy geek that he was, science geek, yeah. could actually sew a Spider-Man costume in the first place? That's the biggest superpower he's got, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, hey, he's a science guy, he created his web shooters. That's what I loved about the second one. Yeah. This one now, the web shooters. Uh but again, now his costume that he created is even more intricate than the first one ever was, <laughs> and that really bothered me. Yeah. Thankfully, we still had the mask, we still had red red and blue, we had Spider emblems, we had the webbing, but I just didn't like some of the nuances that they decided to kick in. And it always seems that when Hollywood gets involved, as great as it is for the industry, they always have to put their two cents in about how the costumes should be changed because nobody would walk around looking like that. But let's just make them
0: all in black. Well, they got to sell more action figures, I think. is that what's well, one of the biggest things. Well, there you go. Other question, what's the most recent comic you've read?
1: Uh, The most recent comic book I've actually read was probably my own issue of Stan Lee's Mighty Seven number 3, which just came out a couple of weeks ago.
0: End of plug. (laughs) Uh, Donald Mark, what's your opinion? What, in your opinion, is the hardest and easiest aspect of being a comic book artist? Well, the easiest aspect is the fact that I get to do something. I get to basically
1: in a way relive my childhood every day that i'm drawing superheroes um... the hardest part of it is knowing that i'm not a kid anymore i'm getting older and deadlines are deadlines and uh... sometimes you really have to work late into the night because whatever it is that comes up it's not a nine-to-five job uh... you work pretty much through the week you may you you make your own hours and sometimes it just gets you just have to fight through the
0: fatigue and keep on working so that's the hardest what's your favorite thing or person to draw let's, let's say spider-man ish Is mary jane because you do a hell of a mary jane oh thank you <laughs> um the favorite well for uh, i'd say
1: i'll have to say spider-man's probably my favorite guy to draw although when it comes to doing sketches and things for people they always ask me hey uh, If they ask me what would you like to draw, usually I don't say Spider-Man because I've done so many of them. I would like to just for the sake of variety draw somebody else. I love drawing Hawkman. He was probably one of my favorites at DC. I mean, even though Green Lantern was a big favorite,
0: love drawing some of those. I love drawing a lot of guys that I don't draw on a regular basis. Spider-Girl, what's the thought process like that you go through before you sit down to draw, and does it change given different stories and situations? What do you think about right before when you got a blank page in front of you? Um, what do I think about okay usually that 's after breakfast, so I start thinking about what 's for
1: lunch um, uh, no, I know when actually the, the way it works is if i 'm starting with page one um, you you basically have to read the story that you have in front of you first, mm-hmm. just so that you can really try to sink your feet into the, what it is that you're drawing and try to start developing images in your mind just from reading the words. Um, once you've gotten past, let's say, the first couple of pages, generally the following day, you look back at what you did the day before just to kind of almost inspire you and remind you of what it is that you did there to
0: you know, follow as a setup to continue the flow of the storytelling for the next sequence. What's the difference between uh, being a comic book artist, like on web, and a strip artist on the newspaper? Okay, well, I think the major
1: difference is that um, with, let's say, the Sunday newspaper strip, even though it is a continuation of what's going on in the dailies, I don't get to pencil the dailies. So for me, generally, I get to work the Sundays three months before they get published and I get to ink the dailies a month before they get published no, 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 no. So Larry actually gets the benefit of seeing what I've drawn while he gets the pencil and if we have to create any new characters he gets to basically work off you know my references uh, the other dif- the other difference is that's definitely notable is the fact that a comic book page you can vary the size and shapes of the panels. Uh, how much you want to let's say do a sequence where maybe you have something could be written that could be written as one panel but you might feel that if you break it up into two panels or three panels it might be more effective or you could combine three panels into one and make a a bigger type of a panel for more impact dynamics and action whereas the strip uh... basically all of them are all six panels are the same size mm-hmm. and at this and, and um, so even though you can still draw anything you need to draw in, let's say, a rectangular type of a frame like that, although sometimes what is called for really aches for a vertical panel or a horizontal panel. Yeah. Yes. Within those confines, you still can get the job done and just have to just be more a little bit of a challenge in how
0: you're going to work it. Something I've seen recently, Larry did a three-panel spread. It was like a one-shot. I saw that recently. Yes, I mean, I guess maybe that's just the way Stan
1: wrote it and yeah. figured... Anything that he needed to cover could be done in that one big panel. Or actually, at some point, maybe, quite honestly, I shouldn't. I, that shouldn't be etched in stone because maybe it was written as two panels, and Larry might have called Stan up and said, Hey, Stan, maybe we can even do this as one, and I'll show you the layout, and Stan gets to approve that before it, he finishes the pencils. So it could have done that. That could have happened
0: too. Viper, it, one of his favorite issues of yours is issue 58 of Webb. He, it featured the Grizzly, and he loved the page you drew a Spidey caught in a bear hug by the Grizzly, and still looks at it as a great piece of art. Do you have any recollection, recollections of that issue? Oh, definitely, Um, I just, um, yeah, I remember that issue quite well,
1: as a matter of fact, because I still have all the original art for that story, and occasionally I just go through my art bins to, you know, maybe look and see what I have and try to sort things out a little bit. Looked through it recently. Drawing the Grizzly was a lot of fun. Actually I enjoyed um, the opening sequence where the Grizzly goes into a bar. (laughs) Sounds like a joke. (laughs) It it ended up being funny. I mean, I can't remember now if... uh, Jerry Conway basically wrote it, I guess to be a little bit humorous, but the way I set it up, (laughs) I just set it up where it was three horizontal panels, and the Grizzly is right in the middle, and these two guys, you know, he's flanked by these two guys, and they all start... uh, He's, I guess, sipping his... Coffee I think because oh, that's right because he's uh he got off the band, He he's on the bandwagon, no booze. So I think he's drinking coffee yeah. and they're and they're basically making fun of him. So you see his expression, he's staring straight ahead yeah. and you could see the steam coming off progressively through the three panels yeah. and I think by the fourth panel, uh, or maybe in the third panel he whips one guy with an arm and in the other panel he whips the other guy and now he's still sitting there
0: drinking his coffee and these guys are sprawled out on the floor. Don't so. mess with a guy in a grizzly suit without drinking. I'm good. Uh, earliest memories of penciling. I mean, did you always doodle, or how? How young were you when you knew you were going to be an artist? I got my first.
1: Uh, my dad brought me home my first Superman comic back in 1958 when I was six years old, and I can still remember how excited I was because I had only been exposed to Superman on black and white television at that time, mm-hmm. and here now I'm seeing this guy that's flying around, and I've got all these. I mean, I couldn't miss Superman on TV because that was just so much fun. Yeah. So I was enamored by that whole process of superheroes right away. And to see it in comic book form, in color, just like completely inspired me to draw my first... I don't have it anymore, but I, my first Superman story I drew was six panels. And uh, stick figures or maybe whatever, however I conveyed it, I just was basically hooked. from does, the Does I- it run the family at all? Well, my my mom is very artistic, and my dad, even though he never actually showed any artwork, the fact that he was such a, uh, he was a general contractor, a masonry artist, and he could pencil, on pencil, he could plaster a wall or a ceiling as smooth
0: as glass. And so, I mean, that's an art in itself. BTMX Comedy says, the biggest work-related horror story that you've had that won't get you into trouble. <laughs> You ever you ever lose this stuff on a plane I mean any fires or I can't think oh man. okay let's call this a horror story <laughs> ever? Oh, coffee on it yeah that'd be
1: bad okay well co- coffee is actually mild yes I did spill some coffee <laughs> oh, on a man. on the bottom of a page once and it took I'd say about six layers of white out. <laughs> Thankfully, it just splattered into the artwork a little bit, so it wasn't too bad. But that's nothing compared to the fact that twice in my career, when I was working on comics, um, comic books, I'd say in those 20 years, 21 years, uh, Marvel and DC, um, once for each company, the artwork got lost on a FedEx run. Once I think the plane actually crashed and the artwork and the artwork burned. It was a DC story I did for Julius Schwartz. Excuse me, and um, thankfully I always make Xeroxes of everything I do yeah. so literally I got paid to redraw the artwork I think for Julie Schwartz yeah. and then it was uh, when I was working on spider-man adventures uh, the animated series at Marvel somehow some way the shipment of pages got lost they asked me if I had Xeroxes and I said yes so then I actually sent them the Xeroxes and the inker was able to Ink over a li- on a light box,
0: trace through, and ink those particular pages. So, That's so enough, right? exactly. And watch your coffee in the interview. Sebastian so Finch wants to know if you've ever been approached recently to work on the current Amazing Spider-Man as a guest penciler or a few issues. No, I haven't, and I'm really ticked off about it. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> no it would be. It's this. Of course, it's disappointing not to be able to be out there, uh, you know, drawing comics again like I used to. But um, you know, editorial picks and likes and dislikes change, you know, whatever market they, they tell you, however market things, you know, work in terms of sales, etc. So, um, I never discount and say it'll never happen again, but right now, who knows? Maybe a variant cover or something like that? That'd be fun. Oh, anything would be fun. Actually, last year, I was approached by DC Comics to draw a Flash story because they were doing a, um sort of this like retro type of uh, run on their major characters from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and they wanted me to draw this Flash story written by Carrie Bates, who I worked with on The Flash back in the late 70s for seven issues. And I couldn't do it because I was just committed to doing too many other things. So I regretted not being able to do that book, uh, the 24 pages, when I saw it. I regretted it even more because it was inked by my old buddy, Sal Buscema, who I had
0: never worked with, and that would have been so much fun to be able to work with him. We did a 40th anniversary podcast with him, and we got Stan on the line, and and it surprised him, and it was a lot of fun. One of my favorite podcasts we ever did. Uh, Capel 2000, how do you see today's comics with a variety of endless mega-sagas? Do you think comics have lost its magic, or is there something that has to be to make comics alive these days? I think he's talking about the crossovers, the Civil Wars, the... uh, well, put it this way,
1: I was involved in um, a couple of crossovers. Usually they only lasted um, three issues. So the fact that we had four Spider Man books running, basically one was coming out every week. So it was pretty easy to do a, a, a three month crossover over 12 books. Uh, things that run on for a year, I think that's a bit much, quite honestly, when you think that. If you, if sometimes you pick up a book in the middle of a saga, you have no idea what you're reading, and that might turn people off, especially if they, if they have to
0: plop down four dollars for a book. Tetsoman, Man, he wants to know you've worked with many writers while working on the various Spider-Man titles, but who would you say is your favorite writer to work with? I'm guessing it's Stan Lee. Is that? <laughs> well, you know what, I can't. I'm not going to say.
1: Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and pinpoint a favorite because all the guys that I worked with were really, really good writers. Um, we, Everybody that I worked with, we had certain issues that I could say fall into that category of, yeah, these were some of my favorite books that I worked on. So, uh,
0: Tech wants to know, what's your favorite comics cover you've done? Oh, wow. Oh, I would have to say I had just, um,
1: I did this... Um, for the Marvel stock quarterly report back in 1993 or 4 that we all lost our hats on eh? <laughs> uh yes so losing losing our hats on the old Marvel stock uh but I got uh Marvel got me to uh pencil a three-part cover which basically became a triple gatefold yeah. and uh it had all the basically what I was supposed to do was try to recreate all the different styles of Spider-Man from Ditko through the present day at that time, with Mark Bagley being at that time the current Spider-Man artist. So, I drew Spider-Man in all these different poses, with let's say a Ditko pose, a Ramita pose, a Gil Kane pose, a Bagley, an Eric Larson, a John Ramita Jr., Ross Andrew, and the center portion of the cover I was able to do my version. And besides the fact that it was just a fun thing to pencilite, they had John Ramita Senior ink it. So that's like a high point for me, and I still have that cover at home. Do you
0: have a Im- digital image of that? I would love to see it. I've never seen oh, I it. I do. I have it on file. I'll well, have I'll, to send it to I'll you. I'll email it to or email it to me. Uh, what's your favorite Spider-Man issue? You did I think you'd hit that one up about yes. Mysterio? Uh, any chance they'll reprint your run on the newspaper strip? They did a couple of them. I uh, they did
1: they. I think they reprinted mostly John Romita Sr.'s newspaper run early on. I think by the time they would get to me, if they even did it on a regular basis, it might be like who knows another decade. Again, Tech wants to know, who is Facade? <laughs> uh, he's a villain that, uh, whose identity remains a secret. Thank you very much.
0: And you'd have to kill us if you told us. Spider-Man Hero 12. Alex, I love your work. Do you miss working on Spidey Comics? Yes. Do you plan on doing the art on any Spidey Comics in the future? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> yes. That was the easiest one yet. <laughs> Spider-Holic. I love Web 42 and 100, those are two great issues, but what was your favorite comic you ever drew? I guess that was Mysterio. Yes. Again? Uh, What was your favorite writer? Stan Lee. Well, you're not going to name it, but Stan's up there. Oh, of course. Stan Lee Lee would have to be number one, and then I'm not going to Everybody else is number two. At the time, Web was out with Amazing, Spectacular, and non-adjectiveless, do you feel that your title didn't get as much attention as it should have? No, well, put it this way: considering that
1: non-adjective Spider-Man was was kicked off by Todd McFarlane, a uh, Todd basically outshone everybody else with his sales figures. So I think everybody else was pretty much on an even keel. Although Amazing Spider-Man, the parent ma- uh, magazine, always outsold the other two, but um, everybody, you know, we all did the best we could, and I didn't feel slighted by saying I'm working on Web.
0: Um, So I think everybody was pretty cool with where they were. We've hit these up. Thrawn is a fan of yours. I don't really have a question, but I'd like to say thanks. He drew two parts of my favorite Venom story, Web 95 and 96, and the Spirits of Venom, great storytelling abilities as well. Well, thanks very much. Uh, I do appreciate that. That was a fun thing to work on.
1: I got to draw Ghost Rider and Johnny Blaze, Venom, uh, a couple of other villains,
0: and and a bunch of really weird-looking guys in the sewers. (laughs) T.S. Chab, do you feel that an artist can take away or add to the story and why? Oh, we, we are the main guys. That's all I'm going to say, okay?
1: We have to take the words and turn them into pictures. Otherwise, you're reading a book, which and there's nothing wrong with that. But um, to be able to take a, an, an artist, a, a writer's vision, and hopefully draw it up so that it matches what he had in mind or maybe surprise him into giving him something that he didn't even expect
0: so abdul aziz loves your web uh, 296 297 the love cult 40 to 43 in the spider hulk uh... he wants to know uh... how come you didn't shred more spider-man's costume after he hulked out well you got
1: it's a it's a pg magazine and uh... I didn't want to be honest with you. I think if I if I did more and had him look more like the Hulk, yeah, exactly. He is the Hulk. Right? He is he is the Hulk. Then and then basically it's like, well, how much of the mask are you going to leave on then?
0: Because his head got larger, so. And for a penny, you know, yeah, yeah. there's enough spend next day to keep it's, it going. You know, it stretches. Yeah. Uh, which artist do you enjoy his or her work the most of the current artists from your peers and from those you got inspired by? Oh, who do you like from the past? Who do you like in the the present?
1: Well, from the past, I mean there were just so many to mention. uh, Between, uh, let's say, from when I was a young kid, looking at Superman, um, Wayne Boring on Superman, Dick Sprang on Batman, uh, Kurt Swan on Superman. Then, of course, you had Carmine Infantino on the Flash. We had Gil Kane. We had. uh, from Mike Sikowski on the Justice League, Ramona Frayden on Aquaman, jeez, Russ Heath, all these, uh, Joe Kubert, my goodness, yeah, I mean, he should, he's really on top of the list there. Um, then you look at Mar- Marvel guys, and of course, I had mentioned already earlier in this, in this interview about all of a sudden falling in love with Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko, and then John Romita and Don Heck and Wally Wood, and uh, the list goes on and on for these older guys. John Buscema, of course. Uh, Sal um, and today, as much as he was an inspiration, even in the older days, and he's, he's basically a contemporary of mine, I think that Jose Garcia Lopez is one of the best artists out there. And, and since we're at a Spider-Man show,
0: have you ever run into
1: Ditko? Uh, not at a Spider. Well, I've not, I don't even know if he's ever done a Spider-Man show. But I did run into him when I first got up to Marvel, and I met him in Jim Shooter's office briefly, just to basically get introduced and tell him I was a big fan of his work. And he sort of acknowledged me, I guess. Maybe he was kind of shy about it. And that was it. Never got, Never really got to talk to him. Uh, favorite comic book hero? Is it Spider-Man? <laughs> no, I'd have to probably say Batman. And please, stand. don't hold that against me. I grew up with Batman since I was a kid, and I've been drawing Spidey for 25 years, but I've never got to draw a Batman story. So maybe once I draw that Batman story, I don't want to draw He won't be my favorite anymore. I have no idea. <laughs> Who's the best Spider-Man supporting cast, in your opinion? Oh, the best cast? Well, we've got Mary Jane, we've got Aunt May, we've got uh, Flash Thompson, Gwen Stacy, Harry Osborn.
0: Um, um, that would pretty much be the core of it. And last question from Lady Spider. When people hear that you're a comic book artist, what's their reaction? Um, Did you work on the movie?
1: Did you make a lot of money from the movie? Are you retired? Why are
0: you here? Uh, All kinds of questions pop up. I think that's it. Alex, been a fan for all those 25 years. You've been great. Thanks for doing this for The Crawl Space. I appreciate it. All right, very good. And that's a wrap, gang. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another example of Alex's art is on the Spider-Man Mary Jane You Just Hit the Jackpot trade paperback. In this one, Alex penciled the Parallel Lives graphic novel. In this, you'll learn that Mary Jane is known about Peter's alter ego since Amazing Fantasy 15. It's a great story, and as I said in my interview, his Mary Jane is one of my all-time favorites. Now, the cover price is $24.99. Mail order has it for just $15.49, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Also, gang, I shot this interview on video, so please visit the front page of the crawlspace to see this interview in high definition. Now, as I record this podcast, I've released one part of the video so far, and I'm working on adding the rest of them. So keep checking back on the front page. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpidermanCrawlspace.com.